Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast Podcast, brought to you by Lines.com. Coming to you out here on the West Coast, Josh Lander and the newly shaven Nate Weitzer there on the East Coast with us. We are going to be looking at some best bets in this video here on Tuesday with a seven-game slate here that we've got for you guys. Also have play of props up as well for you so that we do have those each and every weekday. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page to continue to follow along with us all season. Also head to thelines.com and use everything we have up on the site right now, including that prop finder tool we tell you about all the time to make sure that you're getting the best odds from all of these books that are giving us these bets this NBA season. Nate, let's go ahead and run right into your first pick on this seven-game slate here on Tuesday. Josh, do you ever wish you could just bet on the Knicks without without any uh, fanfare or or huge spreads or concerns about things happening? Well, just take Precious Achua and Josh Hart to get eight rebounds and the Knicks to win this game. I mean, if your book allows it, do an adjusted spread. They're, they're playing the Grizzlies. They're they're minus fourteen and a half. I'm fine cutting that in half, probably, and just going like seven and a half. Uh, I saw FanDuel does not allow the adjusted spread with these parlays, but the point is those guys are both looking at 40 plus minutes every single time out the Memphis Grizzlies with their G league squad, 12 to 13 guys ruled out, I believe will be the situation um, are, are going to give up a ton of missed shots and rebounds. Um, and so, yeah, you look at precious, he just played 42 minutes had eight offensive and eight defensive rebounds. <clears throat> um, yeah. You know, he's probably looking at 40 plus again, he averages 14.5 rebounds per 100 possessions on the season. His career, he has a 22% defensive rebounding rate. Josh Hart, the rebound god, as we know, four straight with double digits, 40 minutes per game, 11 rebounds per game since OG went down. OG, Grimes, and Randall are all out tonight. Hartenstein still, I mean, they'd like to get him a little bit of rest if, when they can, right? I mean, he's still a little bit hobbled. He's also just fantastic boxing people out and letting everybody else clean up, right? I mean, he's he's already top six in box outs per game, even though he was a part-time player early in the season. So, I mean, look for Precious and Hart to just lap up rebounds. I mean, in their last three, the Grizzlies given up the third most defensive rebounds uh, on the season. They have the fifth highest defensive rebounding rate for their opponents, which is not your typical grit and grind Grizz. And on the road, they allow two more offensive rebounds per game, 11.3, also way below average, just allowed 17 offensive rebounding to a bad um, offensive rebounding team in the Celtics. And I mean, I guess they're about average, but the Knicks is the point. Number one with a bullet offensive rebounds, including 36% of available O-Rebs their last three. They should just eat glass tonight. You know, it's uh, one of my favorite weeks of the year, uh, I believe, trade deadline week. And um, the LeBron James to New York Knicks rumors are a swirling because of the amazing uh, rebounding that has come through this team without Mitchell Robinson on the floor. You were talking about offensive rebounds for the Knicks, and I was about to be like, whoa, are you looking at those numbers from when, oh, when the best offensive rebounder in the league was on the floor in Mitchell Robinson? And you were like, no, no, this is the last three games and the last like 10 games, like Isaiah Hartenstein, man, what do you, I, that, there's a reason he's playing like 36 and a half minutes, but he is a little bit more hobbled to your point. Um, and then when you're talking about this, this matchup here, like it's open for whomever wants it. Are you a center? Are you a power forward? Are you just someone who can, who can gobble up rebounds around the rim? And if, if the answer is yes, then you shall eat against this Hornets team. So I would, I would concur that Josh Hart, six, four power forward, uh, will still get that time. And then precious has come in and done a really good job in that sort of like starter minutes, but then like not get starter minutes, but get starter role initially, and then come out a little bit here and there, but come back in. I, I, I like all of it for both of these guys. And by uh, the way, I, that's just to get to even money. Like if you want to add precious 10 points or like 
Jalen to, to at least get 20. Like you can start getting in plus money here or the adjusted spread. Uh, but just, just the money line with those two is even money. Yeah. That, that's good stuff. So uh, let me go to a game that we're both talking about here. Uh, and I had this uh, pinned as, as a potential over and it kept dropping, but that's OKC in Utah, uh, in Utah here. And I'm taking the over, which is down to 240 and a half. It opened at 246 and a half. That, that definitely was kind of high. Um, but at the same time, <laughs> I wasn't hit, ready to hit an over on that. Six and a half points now. I, the, the, the tables have turned too much for me to ignore it. At this point, um, I, I mean, really, it's just a matter of like both of these teams matching up against each other and kind of dominating spots where the other one is weakest, to be honest. Right. So what I have here for like my main pieces of key info for them are points off of turnovers, right? Fast bait break, that kind of stuff. That's what the OKC is dominating. They're third uh, right now in fast break points. They're third as well in um, points off of turnovers. Um, and so I'm sorry, they're eighth in fast break points that, that, that eight looked like a three, uh, but they, they are still in the top 10 in both of those. And that's a huge problem for Utah. They're not getting back on defense, even at home where they're still giving up a decent amount of points, even though they're better on defense at home only because they're insanely bad on the road. We know about their splits and, and now we get them at home where the pace remains up around 102. Uh, and that's exactly what, what the, uh, Thunder want to play at. So if you're not going to get back on D and you're not going to stop the turnovers, then how are you going to hang with the Thunder? Well, you're just going to keep pounding the crap out of them down low. It's really that simple. Uh, the Jazz have just been going to the rim at an incredible rate. They gobble up rebounds at an incredible rate, like the second best rebounding team. It's not the best rebounding team in the league, to be honest, overall, when you look at all the metrics. But um, yeah, that's going to be a problem is those second chance points. We're talking about a team that is first in, in, in the amount of second chance points they get per game for the Jazz and a team that is 29th in limiting them um, because of their defensive rebounding and their inability to do that. Uh, God love Chet. Like this is not, not a great spot for him. Um, so, you know, I, I like John Collins rebounds in this one as well. Um, I, I'm, I'm still like the, the jazz are a, a wonderful upstart team. I don't know how much I love this situation for them because I do think that there's the possibility that they get, if they're going to try to play the fast break game, which they like to do, the Thunder just are just better at it. Now, the Thunder also need Jalen Williams in there. That's a huge part of this. Um, but I will also say Kaysan Wallace not being in there is a huge deal. He's a huge part of that defense when he's out there and the points off of turnovers and the ball hawking that he plays. He's questionable, as is Jalen Williams. Both Jalen Williamses are questionable. Um, and, and honestly, that does help the defensive end for the Thunder. Um, but I would like Jalen Williams without the Y to play for the offense as well as the second banana. Not positive if he's going to be in there. I do think they care about a division game like this. So I would imagine that they're trying to bring it. Um, but either way, like th this is a, a tailor-made matchup for points because of the fact that the Jazz don't stop fast break points. The Thunder don't stop down low. So it's just what the other team is going to have their way with in their particular area of the game that they that they excel at. Yeah, I mean, you had me at Jazz at home, but I mean, I love the I love the Thunder being a team you can count on coming along for the ride. Like they're they're competitive in every single game. Like it doesn't matter if you want to play a, a high scoring fast break game, if you want to slow it down with like with the Timberwolves, it, it's like they will match your style. Shea Shea being like the ultimate chameleon. Um, and J-Dub, yeah, it seems like he is targeting this game to return. Like, he's finally upgraded to questionable. He's ruled out way ahead of the other ones. He's killed the Jazz. Like, that's the thing here. Uh, 27 points. He was a plus 16 when they were able to beat um, the Jazz just a couple weeks ago in Utah at a 104 pace. Game totaled 263. And Shy didn't even do that well from the floor, but he got 17 free throws. There were 64 combined free throws. There were 120 combined paint points. And that's like the only thing this Jazz team does well, right, is try to keep you out of the paint. Apparently they could not. Uh, I mean, I don't know if Walker Kessler can stay on the floor against this team, like against Chet, too, too versatile for him. Right. 
you do love to see J-Dub come back. They, they went over in six of their last seven roadies when they had him. Averaged 125 a game with great splits. Um, the thing is, if he doesn't come back, like that just means their defense is a little bit worse too, though. Like, And Utah at home, 129 over their last 12 games. So like I said, like if you trust OKC to be competitive one way or another, this three-point spread, they should come along for the ride and, and make this high scoring. Yeah, for sure. Let me uh, let me close it out with with one more for us here, since I know we're, we're both all over this game. And I do like Phoenix at three and a half. Um, I feel like I'm missing something almost, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm I'm a little bit down on uh, Glenn Rivers rock, uh, Rockets, Glenn Rivers Bucks here as uh, as as they try to turn things around, I suppose. But a couple of the main things I'm looking for here for for Phoenix is really just it's mostly the wing and Brolo is is questionable. So is Dame. I think Dame will play. He was questionable before last game and still played like 30 plus minutes. I think 32 in that loss to the Jazz. He was still out there in the fourth quarter trying to help them come back uh, as they gave up a lead. So I would expect him to play. But the the Brolo absence could be a big deal. Uh, I would say it's a huge deal and. And it, it's a big deal for a couple of reasons. Like you don't really need Walker Kessler quite as much. Now I, I expect him, um, not Walker Kessler, excuse me. <laughs> you don't, you, you, you don't need uh, to worry about Nurk banging down low quite as much is what I was trying to say. Cause Nurkic is the center for the Phoenix suns. Uh, but at the same time, like, Brolo being in there pulled him away from the basket. That's the biggest, that was the biggest thing, right? And so now you can probably keep him in there a bit more to help out with Giannis and not worry about being pulled from the basket by a guy like Bobby Portis because Bobby's going out, you know, to the corner three sometimes. But for the most part, he's down on the baseline and, and, and near the block playing that more traditional like four role, if you will. Um, and, and that's where Nurk will live. He'll be able to, to match up in that way with, with Bobby Portis way better, in my opinion, than Brooke Lopez uh, with the way that he, you know, you don't really want Nurk having to step too far outside the foul line when he's on defense, uh, although he's been much better this year in, with his individual defensive rating than he has uh, in seasons past with the uh, Portland Trailblazers. So, um, but yeah, it's it's the wing problem here as well. Like if, if you're uh, able to shoot from above the break or out on the wing against this Milwaukee team, you are going to be in luck if you can get out into transition, which doesn't necessarily even mean that you're just trying to fast break. It really just means even on a made basket, you're getting it and keeping the tempo up. And I think we will see that. Um, I considered an over in this one as well. It's very high again, as always about two forty two and a half, and and, that down, honestly, as well uh, from the the two forty six and a half, I believe that it opened at for the total. So some points going down with with the the offense being a bit more stagnant with for Milwaukee um, as of late and. If, if Dame isn't in there, uh, in addition to Brolo, which Brolo doesn't seem like he's going to play, he had a personal uh, reason for not playing in the last game. So I'm not sure if he, if that's changed. They're still on the road far away from Milwaukee. It doesn't seem like he would just go back to the road to come play ball when he just wasn't there a couple of days ago. With all that said, like I, I would say that if once those guys, if one of those guys is, is ruled out, this goes up right to like closer to five and a half. And I'd rather keep it under five points in this one. Um, the way that they played, you know, it, it's not, there haven't been too many matchups with this iteration of either team, obviously. Um, and, and now that we do have Bradley Beal back, we've got uh, all three of those guys playing together. Their, their lineup on the floor has been absolutely bananas. Uh, the three, the three man lineup is just outscoring you. And just, it's just a rocket ship, man. Like you, you really, it's been a, a difficult for people to, for teams uh, to defend the three when those two, when those three guys are on the court together. Um, and Nurk has, has eaten as a result as well. Uh, and just got and some wide open uh, little bunnies down low. So I'm, I'm all over the, the, like, I just think this, this should be already be at like six and a half. So I'm, I'm going to take it at three and a half. Yeah. I like Nurk a lot. If Brolo sits for the, for the reasons you outlined also. Yeah. I mean, he's just been gobbling up 
boards and 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 being a, uh, fitting in really well along with this big three, which is just like they've hit their stride, especially in the fourth quarter. And Milwaukee is far from it. Like it, it reminds me of the Clippers when they got Harden five straight losses and just couldn't do anything down the stretch. Yeah. Like you're when you're integrating a new coaching staff on the fly in the middle of the season on the road, on the long road trip, like it is really tough to pull this off. And then, yeah, you get two of their most essential players questionable. Uh, you get Giannis and, and matching up with a good defensive coach and Frank Vogel, who has done yeah. some things to, to, to Matt, to mess him up in the past. Uh, definitely like the Suns, Yeah. I had to chuckle when you were talking about preparing for uh, Doc Rivers' new schemes. As a Celtics fan, I'm sure you remember those really complex uh, after-the-timeout plays that Doc Rivers would call for the Celtics. But, Nate, let's run right into your first NBA play a prop, Kyrie DeGod, who didn't quite work out with the points last night, but probably a better matchup and a better market that you're playing here. Yeah, I'm going 10 and a half rebounds and assists for Kyrie, uh, you know, which is it's still a reliable kind of target, even if Luka plays here on a back to back. Both the Mavs and the Nets are on a back to back here. And Luka, I mean, he's just been carrying an absolutely exhausting workload. 41 and a half minutes per game, 37 percent usage, while Kyrie just came back after a six game absence. So definitely trust him to play more. And when you look at, I mean, his back-to-back splits, he's only played twice so far this season, Kyrie, but at least he's given you 35 minutes per game. Like that's where you look first on back-to-backs. It's like, does this guy drop down to 30 minutes or less on back-to-backs or when he's out there, does he actually like give you a full slate? And Kyrie is that kind of guy. Like he'll miss plenty of games when he, when he's out there, he's full throttle. Uh, and he's underrated as, as far as these other two like categories, as far as contributing, I was kind of surprised to see, He's hit. He's gone over this in ten of his last eleven. Averaged six point eight rebounds, five point seven re- assists in that span. Uh, he, I mean, his assists went way up when Luca was out. We don't know if Luca, you know, anything to indicate he's going to sit on the second half here, but he probably could use a rest for sure. Uh, read into this if you will, but Kyrie averages two and a half more assists per game against the East versus the West this year. Seven point three assists per game. He had a shot. His first shot at revenge against Brooklyn in October. Went for 17, 7, and 6, so clearing this. Probably could score a few more if Luka didn't have 49 points on ridiculous usage. Again, I think Luka could could throttle down a little bit. We saw everybody throttle down in Philly last night in a weirdly low-scoring game there. And this Nets D, I mean, it's just not good at the point guard position, the shooting guard position, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they allow the third most points to point guards, third most rebounds to the position last 15, eighth most rebounds overall in January. And uh, struggling to guard the three-point line and limit assists recently. So, uh, yeah, give me some revenge for Kyrie going back to Brooklyn. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I haven't looked too closely at it, but, like, I would hope that Lucas sits. Uh, he he kind of came out of the nowhere to play in that game uh, yesterday and, and beat Philly. Brooklyn as bad as Philly? I don't know. But either way, like, yeah, I don't know that he would he would play the second night of a back-to-back. He, he looked pretty rusty last night in and of himself. So uh, let me go over to a, a weird game, honestly. The Pacers and Rockets. We've got no Fred Van Fleet in that one. Still no Tari Eason. Ty- uh, Tyrese Halliburton remains questionable, likely to play, probably on the 20 to 22 minutes. Oddly, he's playing the beginning of games and just sitting for the end, which is like, wouldn't you... When you want one of the dudes who's up for clutch player of the year to be in in the fourth quarter, but okay, I guess you're going to put all his 22 minutes in the first two and a half quarters. That's weird, but okay. So I don't know what to do with that with the total, but for Shangoon, great matchup. No Fred Van Fleet is going to mean who is the point guard on this team. Now, maybe Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore come in a bit more. 
but but Ime Odoka needs a point guard, and they ain't it, right? Uh, and so Shangun is going to be your point guard. So I'm taking him on the assist if I had to make that clear. Over five and a half. Um, not great odds for that, but I still think that it's a, it's a really good number. I have him at, at least seven in this game with with some of the projections. You, you look at uh, the, he's only played twice this year without Fred Fred Van Fleet, um, and one of those was Denver. One of those was the. Um, Crap, I already forgot who it was, but he got 10, 10 assists in that last game that he played without uh, without Fred Van Fleet there. And the uh, the 13 potential assists is what I'm looking at as well. Um, the, the the last year when he played, uh, obviously, there was no Fred, there was no Shangun, or excuse me, there was no Fred Van Fleet for Shangun last season. Um, and in, in towards the end of the season, you saw all those potential assists start to rise. You saw you saw the assists rise uh, as well for him as he started to show off some of those point center skills. At the beginning of the season, I don't think Ime even knew what he had. So in that first game where we had uh, no Shangun and we had uh, everybody else that was, or excuse me, we had Shangun and no Fred Van Fleet. My apologies. And then every like, but everybody else was in. Then Jalen Green was the point guard. He was the dude that was running the, the uh, offense in that Denver game, which I think that happened in November. And Ime Odoka took one look at that and was like, "What? Or what? No, that's not our backup point guard anymore. Uh, that did not work out at all. How do you get six potential or six assists on sixteen potential assists? You must not be doing something right, like putting your guys in situations to, to score at all. Uh, they didn't have very many assists in that game either. So." Uh, with with no other PG on the floor, like I don't think you want Dylan Brooks or Jalen Green running that. Amon Thompson and Cam Whitmore not there yet. Indy giving up the third most assists to centers in the league. I do think um, you know Miles Turner as good as he is on the perimeter on offense. Shangun pulls him out from the basket on, on when Turner's on defense. They have no shot blocker at that point. They already barely have any rim protection when Miles Turner is in there, um, and that's a huge reason for the centers like. Shangun being able to come out and really dime up and play a little bit more space than just playing with your back to the basket and needing a guy to make a three for you to get an assist, right? So he's going to have the ball in his hands, like for the majority of this game is Shangun. Uh, and the way that like the recent centers numbers have been against this uh, Pacers team, it's been all season. Um, but at any time they play a guy like Joker, anybody, the assist just to go straight up. So I'm going to take him to, to rather than try to score as much down low, which he's still liable to get the 23 and a half points. I like the, the six assists for him. Yeah, I like it. I like adding the rebounds and the points, too, if you want. <clears throat> I mean, rebounds-wise, yeah. like, tacking on 10 rebounds for a guy who's just just crushing it. I mean, anytime there's a good matchup, he went for 30-16-5 and five in this matchup uh, just the day after Christmas. Yeah. Like, you see him come out flat at Minnesota or New Orleans, but, yeah, immediately bounce York. back and eat in a game that that is a much more friendly environment. Yeah. Um, let, let me get creative with the second pick here. Giannis over three and a half turnovers. They are tempting you with the plus 140 at bet 365. See where else you can get that. I, I mean, he's done this so far in two of four under Doc Rivers. And, you know, we're seeing the assists really spike. 40 minutes in both of his last two games, 23 assists. And with that comes turnovers. Like, I mean, a guy who either barrels into the lane is a, is a threat for uh, deflections of uh, charges or, you know, just, yeah, yeah you know, kicking it out to somebody who's not there as the Bucks again, try to find their footing here on the road. On the season, he, he averages about five turnovers per 100 possessions, 13% turnover rate. Uh, can't hold the candle to Thanasis, who, by the way, leads the NBA in turnover rate by a mile. Uh, when he gets out there, it's just absolute comedy. Uh, the matchup against Frank Vogel is is intriguing here. And, and I in my, you know, the game log kind of confirmed my assumption, which is like, Frank Vogel probably has some stuff cooked up to get Giannis. He forced him into nine turnovers twice in 2021 when he had that Lakers defense. Granted, the Suns not quite as good, 
But, I mean, three matchups against Nurkic and the Blazers for Giannis, six, three, and four turnovers when they were, you know, pre-tanking, you know, 2021 and earlier. The Suns lately have been have been ramping it up defensively for sure. They're back home after a long road trip. Uh, and on the season, they're forcing the third most fouls per game. They lead the NBA now in loose balls recovered, sixth in deflections, forcing the seventh most turnovers. So... I, I trust them to do enough here with Nurk at the back line to force Giannis into some situations. And really, it's just, it's just, he's just pressing because, like, you know, you got the coach fired to a extent or at least signed off on it. Now you got to go out there and win games and you got to carry this team, which is struggling outside of you. So uh, give me the turnovers. I like the find. I do. Uh, he's going to have high, high usage. Uh, continue to do that. I think the assists are probably a pretty good bet for him as well. Um, the, the lane ends up being a bit more open at times when, you know, I mean, Brolo, when he is down there, obviously he's also a good outlet for Giannis, but uh, I, I, either way, it's going to be even more clear, you know, than, than, than normal. And he'll just try to get in there. Then Frank Vogel's defense collapses on him. It's, it's tailor made. So I, 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 I support it for sure with the plus money. It's really nice looking at what, like 36 minutes. If they're really trying to win this game for Giannis, like close to 40. So I, I would, I would bank on that. John Collins, let me go to that Utah game and let me go back to JC. I thought it would be at eight and a half boards, but we get it at seven and a half for, for John Collins, newly minted center of the Utah Jazz. John Collins, I called this out the other day. He climbed over, he squeaked over in the in the last one with the nine boards. We get a, a little tick down and we get a much worse rebounding team that he's going up against. Like my first thought whenever I see the Thunder playing is like, who's the center going up against Chet that can just gobble up rebounds like it's been happening all season? Um, Jalen Williams with a Y also questionable if he does play backup center better decent rebounder but hasn't really been much uh, of, a, of a sort of anchor of any kind so um, there's not much there that that's gonna that's gonna keep JC from playing and I as I was saying in the, the game video if Brolo if Brooke Lopez is actually out you don't really need Walker Kessler as much and we already see Walker Kessler's minutes at like 20 minutes John Collins has been back up to about 29 30 minutes in his last five since he came back from injury seven games ago had two games of ramping up his minutes didn't get this number and then went over in the last five uh, where his rebound chances since he came back even seven games ago and truly like I said even though he, he received fewer minutes he was the starting small ball center and the Jazz just play small ball at this point there's no real center other than when Walker Kessler comes on the floor. Don't tell me Kelly Olenek is a center. Uh, so that, that means John Collins is really left out there to be that guy that's standing in that position. Uh, the, the Thunder allowed the third most rebounds per game, two centers. Chet just, quite, just, what does he need, like 50 pounds probably before he's like a true NBA center that can defend uh, dudes that are his height anyway, right? Uh, and, and John Collins might give up an inch or two, uh, let's say two inches to Chet Holmgren. Uh, but I definitely still think he's, he's able to, to man him uh, out, of the, out of the paint. So, yeah, I don't really have much more for it. This is just one of the worst rebounding teams against one of the best rebounding teams. And the newly inserted best rebounder and most important rebounder and center on this team is John Collins. I don't think I mean, the book should be aware of this, but maybe they just don't think people will take a, a, a any kind of John Collins action. If the, the rebounds are too high, I'm happy to take it over seven and a half, even if it's juiced down a smidge. Yeah, I mean, the concern last time you took this was that it would be a runaway win, uh, mm -hmm. but then Tyrus Maxey drops 50. So uh, I don't think we're as concerned about that with SGA yeah. on the other side. Like, no matter what, like, OKC should be in this thing. And SGA being out there might might be a tougher matchup for Walker Kessler to not be able to stay out there. And then you need more John Collins. You need more versatility, especially for Chet. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think this is a good time to to ride him again.
Yeah, I'm gonna. So that's all the time we have for you. Appreciate you guys following along. Continue to do so. Subscribe to that page and check out the best bets video we also have up for you as we do each and every weekday. And until we see you next, happy betting. Stop